This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast, and today I'm with Ali Irvin. Ali is the Chief Executive and Befriending Manager at ECAST, which is an Edinburgh charity. Now, Ali, I don't think that ECAST is a terribly well-known Edinburgh charity. Do you agree with me? Absolutely. Um, I think we're quite well-known within certain aspects of the disabled community across Edinburgh and Lothian, but absolutely um, there are a lot of people that haven't heard of us before and, you know, so really welcome an opportunity like this to hopefully let people know a little bit more about what it is that we do. That's perfect because we're going to set the record straight. So um, you've been with uh, ECAS for quite a while now, uh, for about six years, and uh, you've been chief executive for four. So you're the perfect person. Tell me um, a little bit about ECAS, what it done in the past and then maybe we'll talk about the, the here and there. ECAS has supported people with a physical disability over the last hundred years or so as the core values and ethos which was established along with the charity back in 1902 and has been at the centre of future decision making ever since. And it goes back to um, at a time when few people cared about what became of physically disabled children and it was down to the pioneering Miss Helen Maitland-Hogg who founded a charity in Edinburgh to champion their rights. Our first annual report was um, published in 1902 and it took a bold step of calling for a change in the law so that disabled youngsters would be guaranteed a proper education. And in the decade which followed, ECAS was often ahead of its time in providing support and services which were later taken up by the state as attitudes become more enlightened. And Phyllis, if it's okay, I'd just like to take you through a few highlights of, of what ECAS has done over the years. Sure, that would be terrific. It really kind of started back in 1902 where Miss Hogg brought together a, a group of volunteers who would go out to visit over 90 children supplying basic equipment such as surgical boots and bath chairs and artificial limbs and in the same year ECAS called on MPs to insist that school boards should be required to provide an education for children with a disability. In the same year a boot and repair shop in Brougham Street uh, provided support for disabled people with a trade and vocational workshops were also established to teach dressmaking and toy making and in 1948, when the NHS was established, in, in some ways, medical needs were uh, and wheelchairs provided by the state. So perhaps it could have been that ECAS was not needed or required as much. But other fundamental aspects of life from training to employment and public transport remained woefully inadequate. And, and this was the void that ECAS increasingly um, tried to fill. In 1969, we converted our former factory in Simon Square um, and, and that centre fulfilled contracts for commercial companies alongside make-work schemes, which at the time was, was quite new and revolutionary. And during the 70s and 80s, Simon Square broadened further and become a base for group activities and social clubs, including sports and drama and cub groups. And the 80s saw ECAS open what's now known as our grants fund to support people financially of all ages 
uh, for people with a physical disability across Edinburgh and Lothian. Some of you may not know that in eight, uh, sorry, in 1985, ECAS pioneered a subsidised dial-a-cab service to and from its premises. And this was later taken over by Edinburgh Council as the taxi card service, which has now been taken on and copied all across the UK. And, you know, for people that have a disability and, and need support with, with transport, having the taxi card and having uh, a contribution to those fares were, were hugely beneficial. And it's great to know that ECAS was, you know, was, was there pioneering that. Um, so I suppose really that's as up to kind of a little bit of a, uh, a an overview of um, ECAS up until the present, if you like. But I, I was at was your AGM, wasn't it, last year? Um, and you had a, a huge group of people um, all gathered together and, you know, they all seemed to know each other. They seemed to have people with them who were perhaps their friends and they all seemed to be having a terrific time. And it's kind of terrible when you think back to the beginning of the 20th century when people really wanted anybody with a physical disability just to disappear, I suppose, and not to not necessarily be seen. What do you really do now? I know you have this um, kind of befriending service and you're really you're a bit like a dating service. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I suppose at the core of it, um, that's what befriending is. Befriending is very much looking to match people up and, and taking time to really think about what they think would be, you know, what people would find out interesting. So, you know, taking time to get to know our volunteer befrienders, their hobbies, their interests, their personality and what they want to get out of the befriending experience and and similarly doing the same with our befriendees, kind of also noting their condition and how it affects them so we can take the time and, and match people up with people who they'd really like to take the opportunity of, of, of looking forward to, well, prior to lockdown, visiting each other each week and, and depending on the circumstances, might have the opportunity of just maybe visiting their befriendees' home or doing something together, whether it's going out for a walk or a coffee or a cinema or a, or a trip to the botanic. So, yeah, that, that the matching process is, is really important because we're quite lucky that the type of organisation that we are, that it's not time limited. So for as long as the volunteer and the befriendee are really getting something from their befriending, then ECAS is happy to support it. And so if somebody wanted to become a volunteer, they don't need to commit a huge amount of time. It can just be a couple of hours in, in a week if they if they want it to be something like that. And yeah. as you say, in the usual case, um, before the pandemic, it was perhaps in-person visits or going out with somebody or meeting them somewhere or something like that. So how has, how has the pandemic then affected that does that mean you don't have people coming forward volunteering um is it has it been reduced to phone and zoom or so when the pandemic properly hit back in march um we we supported most of our matches to transition to distance befriending so it was over the phone or using technology whether it's been whatsapp or using zoom and since then an organization called befriending networks who are the umbrella 
um, organization for guidance and support for befriending projects. They were able to send out guidance for people to to refer back to, and we, we were able to take that to allow us to adapt our training so any volunteer that was interested could complete training online. And actually, the response from volunteers has been really quite good. Um, we've actually got quite a lot of volunteers coming through, and if anything, would really like you know I'd like to take this opportunity to to see if there is anybody out there um, with a physical disability over the age of eighteen living within the city of Edinburgh. If you would benefit from a distance befriender, so if you're happy having a chat over the phone or are confident using WhatsApp or Zoom to to please get in in contact because we have volunteers that are there um, looking for an appropriate match and. And as I've said, it's really important to wait and look to match people up with those common interests. It's not enough for for us to say, all oh, right, you're, you're free on a Thursday afternoon. We've got a befriendee that's available then. There really needs to be more more than that in it. So, so, yeah, if there is anybody that's interested in meeting someone, then please get in contact with us. That's a terrific add-on for people who otherwise um, might not have so many opportunities to meet people. Yeah, and, and during the pandemic, the distance befriending services worked really well. You know, so we have introduced new people um, that we weren't previously in contact with. And um, as we know, the, the pandemic has had a huge impact on all of us, but predominantly even more so for those that have a disability and underlying health conditions. So any opportunity to, to reduce isolation is a you know, it's positive. So people can sign up and become a volunteer befriender and you're making sure that they get something out of their volunteering. What else can people do for you? We also have our activities, which prior to the, the lockdown, we, um, these took place in our, in our offices. So we'd have all of our groups, whether it be our, our reading and writing groups, computing, music, yoga, swimming, tai chi, they were, you know, really popular. And, and actually, once it be, become um, apparent that COVID-19 was here to stay, um, that we actually took the decision to um, to support our existing service users um, to continue our activities via Zoom. So so they've been really successful and, and, and we kind of worked hard behind the scenes to provide the right equipment and um, software installation and even helping people to borrow computers if necessary and, and delivering materials. So actually, we have capacity for our activities. So again, if there are people with a physical disability out there within Edinburgh and Lothian that would like the opportunity of getting involved in an activity, please, please contact us. They can join in your Tai Chi and yoga. I'm sure you're very zen yourself. Ali, you know, because if you if you're joining in all these sessions too, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have had the opportunity to to join in a lot of the sessions, and and our music group, for instance, they've uh, taken it upon themselves to to write a a song about about COVID, and it's actually a bit more positive than what it sounds. And while some have got their own musical instruments in their house, that some have actually been quite creative and used um, household items to make their own instruments and were really keen to 
to hear that track when it's finished. It's amazing how you know something like this. There, there can be something good coming out of it, and uh, you know, if perhaps uh, you know, in some ways, it makes yeah. life a little easier if you don't actually have to necessarily go somewhere to do something. You can just literally do it, especially on a day like today when it's pouring down outside. It's quite nice to be in your own house and. Uh, Still taking part in uh, in some activities. Quickly to add to that, that there was a lot of people that were using our services that were a bit apprehensive about using the computer and technology and what did Zoom mean that that if you're interested in an activity, you're not really kind of quite sure about technology. We are happy to provide that support and and trial it out for a couple of weeks before you decide to commit to that. So I just wanted to say that to you, that for people that are maybe a little bit apprehensive, just just get in contact and we'll support you through the process. How is it to run a charity at this stage? And and I guess we have to ask uh, the big question, what about the money? COVID has brought a number of um, challenges that none of us foreseen. And home working has presented us with challenges, but I think everyone now knows how to operate Zoom or another virtual service. And it's something that we've just had to get used to because I think especially anybody that's that's working in the third sector that we just want to do what we can to try and help and support those in need. And so it's just trying to overcome those barriers. And um, from a financial perspective, um, as ECAS is operates primarily off the proceeds of of an investment fund. Um, we did have a, a bit of an impact to um, our frontline services, so we did have to suspend our grants fund for a while in March, but I'm really delighted that that just just last month that we were able to, to reinstate that. What does your grant fund do? What what uh, what kind of uh, sums are you talking about? You're giving money out to people who have a physical disability, and what kind of things do they do they need to ask for? We can help meet the cost of items that uh, items or services that can't be purchased through welfare benefits or other statutory sources. So we've um, given grants to help people buy furniture, white goods, or electronic goods or help meet student fees or or pay for a holiday and we offer grants for up to £1,500 and depending on how much is awarded applicants can reapply after a certain amount of time. Those applications do include UK holidays and can be submitted now for review in advance for when government COVID-19 restrictions allow. And this could be for holidays, which which could take place in the summer of autumn of 2021. And we think it's hugely important to be able to award grants for holidays as they give respite for the whole family, especially in the current circumstances, and give people something to look forward to. Well, we're certainly all needing that. But uh, it, it sounds to me as if you've, uh, you've risen to the challenge here and you've got uh, quite you know, got yourselves organised in in the virtual world and you're managing to still deliver quite a lot of your services. We have managed to successfully deliver our um, AGM at the at the start of November. Again, something that we never thought we were we would have to do. And again, Zoom has given the opportunity for us to do that and and to continue governing uh, ourselves as a charity so we can continue to have 
our board meetings too. And um, and Phyllis, is it okay if I just mention our other service that we provide to help and support other people, just to shine a spotlight on it, if that's okay? Of course it is. Great, thank you. The, the, I suppose a last service that were, which is something new for ECAS. So it it, it came from um, research from interns of Edinburgh University over the last couple of years, which helped us identify the needs of younger, physically disabled people, um, and and moving forward, how these can best be met given the wide range of needs and multiple barriers faced by young people. And um, from those recommendations, we've developed a new service that was kind of distinct from services already running. So in January in 2020, um, ECAS's Young People Service uh, for physically disabled young people between 18 and 30 was launched. And the service worked in partnership with young people on a one-to-one basis to help explore their options and identify goals that reflect their unique circumstances and provide ongoing support at a pace that best suits the individual. And I suppose, like a lot of the services that we provide, because we don't have to pander to a main funder, that, you know, for young people that are looking for support, we can go at their pace. Of course, outcomes are important, but it's best to try and go alongside and, and along with those individuals to ensure that outcomes are met and we're happy just to to try and support young people as best as possible. And the pandemic has had an impact as, as we've just launched it this year. So we are looking to kind of strengthen our networks um, with services that have similar aims and values as what we do. So if any individuals or organisations would be interested in working with us, then you know, please get in contact with us. We, we've purposely not defined the type of support that we can provide because um, there are lots of uh, services out there because, from a funded perspective need to define those objectives. And we've just tried to be open and say, look, if there is a young person that is in need of some mentoring or helping support, and it's very, ba- very much based on kind of person-centered planning that we just want to provide support in in a way that that can be beneficial to that young person of course again that can be done over the phone or on uh, or on a zoom call or whichever so ali you are as busy as ever in that case are you not running this charity yes um there is always work to do um but you know just really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to to to, to let people know um a little bit more about ecas and the types of services that that we run and all that I would say is that, you know, if you are kind of wanting more information, please do um, visit our website. We've also got our social media channels and and if you'd like to call to discuss and find out more information, then our contact details are on there too. And the website is www.ecas.scot. So that's www.ecas.scot. Ali, thank you so very much for taking time to speak to me this afternoon. Excellent. Phyllis, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. 
This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk. And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website, www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk. Thank you.